Welcome to Season 2, Episode 51 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I'm back. Uh, but we uh, unfortunately lost our other host, Matt Aguilar, is taking a much-needed and deserved day off. So today with me is my other co-host, Janelle Wheeler. Hey, happy to be here. And since I'm now alone without Matt and feeling vulnerable, I had to bring back <laughs> team of all-stars. So we brought back Mr. Connor Casey for some uh, much-needed wrestling recap that we have to talk about. You're not going to believe what I have to say. Oh, buddy. Ooh. And queen of anime herself is back, Megan Peters, because there is a lot going down on the anime manga front, and uh, yeah, I can't yeah. explain it as well as she can, so... You know, much I like Connor, you won't believe what I have to say. <laughs> so, yeah. These are my favorite kind of episodes because um, this kind of really gets to highlight like the fun of what we get to do at comic book because we have like a whole smorgasbord of like people who have expertise on so many different kind of geek-tastic things. And uh, today we just have kind of a collection of all of that. And like I said, those are my favorite kind of episodes. I like the variety shows. So this is one of those. We got a good crew for it. So we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones, DC Universe, the PS5, the summer movie season look taking another grim hit. We're going to be reviewing Netflix's Cursed, getting an anime breakdown from Megan, and Connor's going to try to explain what we just saw in wrestling. So stay strapped in for all of that because, like I said, we have a good smorgasbord. There's a good spread today. All right, up first in our news flash section. You remember, guys, when our biggest problem was that the Game of Thrones final season sucked? Like, remember that was like our biggest world that problem? That was very at the sad. Time? Yeah. Ten like, years the ago? World yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, the world was so <laughs> united in its hatred for Game of Thrones, and now yeah. there's so many other things to hate, so. Yeah, and then, like, it's crazy now that, like, okay, so we're in a whole different world, but there was a Game of Thrones prequel. There were two at one point, one that was in production and uh, with Naomi Watts, and that got killed. That's no longer they, happening. I still can't get over that. Can't yeah, that's nuts. That. Um, yeah, mm. just an early casualty before 2020. Uh, but we still had one of the House of the Dragon, which is the Targaryen prequel, of course, about the Targaryen dynasty. And that's still mm -hmm. happening. And with the latest update we've got is that they're starting to actually assemble the crew. They're starting to kind of head into casting. And... It looks like that's a good thing and a kind of controversial thing because uh, he's gonna, the, the director of the Game of Thrones prequel pilot will be Miguel Sapchenik, who you might infamous. Are you yeah, side-eyeing over there? <laughs> no, I'm reading this to make sure I don't like throw this dude out <laughs> under the bus before I have the facts straight, but I do. Like, so he's, Miguel's going to be kind of doing the pilot episode of House of Dragons. Uh, which is going to trigger some fans because he is the guy who infamously did the long night, uh, the battle with the with oh. the uh, White Walkers, and mm. that really hard to see. And he generally no, has no, Kofi. It wasn't your fault. You couldn't see it. It was your TV's fault. Yeah, my TV, <laughs> my TV. But um, yeah, I mean, he also did some other the big battle episodes like Battle of the Bastards, which was one of my favorites. And so you know, Same. hopefully this is a redemption chance. We'll get a very well lit or at least darkness lit by dragon fire pilot out of, out of this. So he's going to be kind of doing the pilot for that. Um, at least they're keeping know, it in the family. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's good. That's, that, that is I don't know it. if that's good. Yeah, exactly. Here's good. where we go. Don't, I don't know if that's good. <laughs> and now Janelle and Megan have acted out Twitter, current, current Twitter conversations about game of Thrones. Like, Hey, it's all in the family. I don't know if I like that. 
So, but uh, yeah, that's basically the feeling right now. Um, yeah. So Colony showrunner Ryan Condell will be also partnering with Miguel to be showrunners on this prequel series. So if you guys like Colony, at least there will be that influence. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's good. But like I said, I just wanted to kind of highlight this because to say that HBO is standing by their man, right? Like they're going to they're gonna keep going with that. And I get it. If it, you want the shows to have kind of the same thematic feel and the kind of visual aesthetic that makes them feel like they match. But uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully some, some additional camera people have learned some additional things and, and we'll get some better lighting out of this, right? <laughs> um, Connor, Casey, how do you feel about all this? Because I know you have strong Game of Thrones feelings. So the, the Targaryen is a, um, it's a big canvas to work from. There's a lot of history, a lot of, you know, a lot of the backstabbing politic and then just absolute madness that we liked from earlier seasons of Game of Thrones. That'll all be here again. I'm just not in the mood for anything in this world after just how bad that last season turned out. So, eh, yeah, I really have to see any, I really have to see what the product looks like before I make any sort of call and like, is this series even worth it? Oof. That man's you coming out harsh. No, hey. I completely agree. I wow, mean, you're not, so you're not on the like automatically on the train, Megan? Oh, absolutely not. I am so far off the train. I'm just waving it farewell as it like loads into this. Like I, I, oh am, I have just such little interest. I mean, the way that the final season of Game of Thrones burned it. I mean, it just scorched it. There's nothing left to grow. I have no seeds of redemption left to plant. Like they're not here. Um, Barring the fact that who even knows when this production could even get started, given the current state of things, right. I'm just not hopeful in the way that the Targaryens were handled in the original series. And the fact that there is so much to work with, I think, does offer as much opportunity as it does, you know, opportunities for chaos, which unfortunately, given the most recent history of Game of Thrones, I'm apt to say it's leaning towards disaster. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Disaster is um, like super, yeah. super bold. Yeah. I mean, no. it, it, I mean, I, I, Megan, I mean, I will leave you to that opinion. Uh, I'm just excited <laughs> because I, I was just a huge Game of Thrones nerd when the books came out and, and I really loved all the Targaryen stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to stay hopeful here in 2020. I'm Same. trying to stay hopeful about I'm whatever's coming happy. out at, out of this dark tunnel. Um, and that Connor like, it, and I will go cry in a corner. <laughs> yeah, and no, see, I, mean, I think more people are going to be on our side in this. Yeah, I think a lot of them are going to be like drones. No thanks. Wow, I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see if this franchise is is able to kind of overcome that last season and and give us a vision of something new that kind of rekindles people's passion for it. Um, because while this is all happening, George R. R. Martin still thinks he should be plugging away on Winds of Winter, like like we all still care about that. So, if this, <laughs> you know, if people start saying, you know, I'm done with Game of Thrones, I, I mean, keep writing. Uh, good for you. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll let you know what goes on. I'm sure we'll hear casting and all of that coming up uh, as soon as possible. <laughs> Not giving any time frames on anything anymore. But uh, moving right along. Something I just got done, I managed to make sure I hit the publish button on before we did this show today. Going back to seeing what's happening in streaming, DC Universe has ended yearly subscriptions, y'all. They've just taken that away. The option is gone. If you go over to the DC Universe page right now... Oh my gosh, I never saw that coming. Kidding. 
sarcasm. <laughs> Insert sarcasm. Yeah. I feel like we took Matt out and now the heart's out of the show and we're just all going to bully everybody about everything. I'm really excited about Game of Thrones, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be excited about the next thing we talk about, I promise. I don't okay. even know what it is, but, no, but I'll be excited. <laughs> DC Universe has taken away its <laughs> yearly subscription option, so it's down to monthly now. Okay. Uh, $7.99. And why do I think this is of significance? I, I'm not trying to get in trouble with Time Warner or anybody, but I'm just telling you what the writing's on the wall. It's not just that. It's a lot of things are quietly kind of happening. And I just wanted to connect some dots and talk about this because we have been tracing in this on the show. And I got some flack and, I, and I'll call myself out. You know, I wasn't maybe fair to DC Universe a couple shows ago. We were kind of ragging on it about uh, not having anything left because things were jumping ship. It was when Stargirl was renewed and we were kind of making fun of the comics. They actually did, as one listener pointed out, put the entire, there's, you know, tens of thousands of DC comics on DC Universe right now that you can read if you're a subscriber. So that they have flexed out that section of the service. That caveat aside, what's been happening with the original, you know, TV movie content and things like that is HBO Max has been eating that lunch on the sly real, real quiet, real fast though. So Stargirl is now going over to CW and airing in season two uh, and completed seasons will be binged on HBO Max. None of that is DC Universe, okay? We just learned uh, Harley Quinn is finally going to get it, its exposure chance on HBO Max next month. It's hopping over there to get it. That's exciting. Shot. Yeah, that's very yeah. exciting. Good for that. I'm pumped. Uh, Doom Patrol season two aired on HBO Max. I'm not going to blink an eye when I, if I hear that Titan season three does the same. And even DC movie content is getting pulled over. The Batman movies are all coming back to HBO Max next month. Birds of wow. Prey is going to debut on HBO Max month, next month. So if you're talking about like which service is going to have flexing out the most kind of cool, important DC, you know, TV movie content, it seems like we're leaning, you know, one particular way here. So, I mean, when you take away monthly, I mean, annual subscriptions, that's a, that's a big move. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's saying you may just want to just invest in this month in month for right now. Um, so how you guys feel? Anybody heartbroken over the loss of DC Universe or are we just about to beat up somebody else? I mean, I just appreciate that they're actually taking care of their customers by forcing this and not oh, taking wait. advantage Oh, I didn't mention that and don't let me because I don't want to get any hate mail again. <laughs> so they have quietly also done a, what I think is actually a smart strategy, which is they, DC Universe subscribers have been offered HBO Max for f and a bundle for uh, four ninety nine additionally, wow. oh, which wow. is that's ten dollars off a month for yeah. the regular cost of HBO Max, and I think that's smart because it's basically a bridge. It is for you. It's a gateway for you to be like, okay, and then once you get into that content library and got kind of used to it, like, you know, maybe you'll be incentivized to kind of, you know, again, you'll get that first year for just four ninety nine right. still if you make the hop. If, if something goes down, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I appreciate they did them do taking that. care of their people. I think that's the right way to go. Take care of your customers. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, you know, HBO Max. My HBO Go is running out in like a week. So <laughs> I have to make the switch over there to HBO Max. And I'm excited about all these new releases. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before in the show. I kind of ragged on HBO Max too. I didn't think I'd really get into it, yep. but I, I, I have 
found that I've been watching HBO Max a surprising amount. So that's awesome. Uh, if they really flex out this DC section, I'm really just happy for DC fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the real, losers, the real losers in this are like the kid who reached out to me, um, the, the digitized comic base. But I'm yeah. sure they're going to have a, like some kind of plan. That's an easy turnaround for that content since you already have it sitting there in a database. Just, you know, maybe you just do some kind of ultimate DC comics online service or something like that. You're skipping Diamond and doing all that. You know, maybe there's a bigger plan in the works. Hopefully. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I would be shocked if they didn't have something like that in the works. I mean, it's just too good of an opportunity, especially Yeah, bypass right now. Diamond, bypass Comixology. You have the content. You've already digitized it. You could actually, once again, get out in front. Just give the ultimate DC. And I would subscribe to something like that, like for a reasonable price. If it's just mm-hmm. like an ultimate, like new and old DC Comics yeah. online, you know, service. I'd be into yeah. that. I but hopeful in 2020, here's where we're going with this show. Matt can't be the only eerie one. <laughs> All right, so moving right along because we got a lot to do today. Let's talk about the PS5 and what's happening this year. So I wish I had Matt or one of the gaming guys on because I'm going to probably just trip over myself on this one. But I, like I said, I want it to be nice and varied today. But there has been kind of indication. We've been all kind of wondering, like, what's going to happen with these new console launches all year? PS5 and uh, Xbox, I always forget the name of the Xbox one. Is that Series 1 or Series X? Series X. Xbox Mm -hmm. Series X. XSX. Right. So these two new consoles are coming out this year, but, you know, coronavirus, we're all trying to figure out how we're going to get any of this up and running. Sorry, I got to keep pausing for coughing because I'm still getting over being ill. But anyway, we're trying to get these consoles out. We're trying to figure out how to just the nuts and bolts of getting them shipped, distribute, you know, the distribution of it, getting people in and out of the stores, because we can't do the long lines and store crowds that we know and love from our usual console launches this year. And uh, things aren't going so great, so we don't even know if we're going to be done with this by the holiday season anymore. So what, how is this going to roll out going to happen? You know, we early on said there maybe just scrap it till 2021 so you have your fiscal books looking great but uh no xbox and sony both held their events and they're like nah bro we're coming for that holiday season money people are on lockdown we want to get that boredom money so they're going to be launching so the basically they're kind of wondering if sony is going to be kind of doing a controlled release of the ps5 as a kind of one per household which is something that's not revolutionary. It was done during the PS4 rollout. And it kind of controls like physical ordering and digital ordering. I'm like, there's a whole ins and out to it. But basically, mm-hmm. will there be kind of a controlled rollout for this? And will it be enough? Or will this be another sucky end to 2020? What are you guys thinking? I'm so down for it being limited because I was part of the generation that had my PS4 limited upon release. The hype with that, with that was nuts. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get one. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get one. Like I saved up at this time. I thought kingdom hearts three was going to come out relatively soon. I was wrong, but I feel like it's, it's a smart move, not only for, you know, Sony or if Microsoft winds up doing it with Xbox series X. It's a smart move to at least be able to, accommodate for the the people who are trying to get them. 
I, I love the idea of limiting, making sure they have the right amount because there'd be nothing suckier this year of all years to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get it. I have it ordered. And then you get an email that's like, sorry, your order's oh, <laughs> That gosh. would be the worst. That would be the actual worst. Oh, so right. I feel like the biggest caveat in this whole situation is going to be how the companies are able to keep, you know, resellers and, you know, people who Seriously. are going to try to take advantage of the situation to people. upsell consoles. Yep. I mean, that's what people have been doing with the switch oh, yeah. this yep. entire it's time of, of quarantine, yep. like trying to get a switch. I mean, thank the Lord I have one, but, but for people who didn't like, that's been a major issue. Mm. So I feel like if it's going to be a lottery, the question and all those particular details, that's really what's going to matter. But as a broad overall idea, like I'm for it because competition, given how <laughs> we have nothing to do right now, mm -hmm. um, we can't really go anywhere. It's going to be intense. And, and also I'll be curious if it's a global release that way, because some countries are doing okay. And yeah. some aren't. That's yeah. true. That's a big question on the horizon. And we're going to get to that in, a, in pretty soon. So let's put a pin in that. But yeah. And the other thing that's specific about the PS5 that's different is like the PS5 is the first time we're really, really making that jump to, to next gen in terms of hardware. Like mm -hmm. this is, there's two versions. And what they're kind of shutting down specifically as I did some quick reading is they're trying to shut down situations where people are kind of hoarding because there are two options. You can get the classic kind of disc option where you buy physical copies of discs or now they're going with one that's just totally digital and it's being sold through the PlayStation direct store also itself. So these are two factors that are very new and kind of different. You now can just like purchase direct from Sony and a store and everything. So, and you can buy two different versions. So it, it would be as Megan pointed out, easy for the hoarders to really like kind of hoard this up on a lot of front and, and drive that upsell and that eBay skyrocketing thing that got certain members of this team banned from certain places. Um, we, we won't reveal those files here, but uh, hmm. yeah, we're going to have to see like <laughs> what goes on. Everything from supply to distribution to kind of the options and, and kind of just getting them in, you know, certain sects of like big families and stuff. It's going to be an interesting rollout for this. Kind of looking yeah. forward to the mayhem. Good way to end the year. Yeah. It'll be fun. Hopefully it'll yeah. be fun. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have any thoughts on this? No? I mean, it's just good. I'm glad I just want them to control it. I just remember waiting in line at like, you know, at midnight for the PS4 and that was just so much fun. And it's kind of sad that we don't get to experience that because I actually make friends in lines <laughs> during like launches. I did it for the Switch too. <laughs> I mean, but, I was about to make fun of you, but then I remembered you did make friends with my mom in a random grocery store. <laughs> I did, yes. Really yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it's something that I feel like a lot of, you know, big diehard gamers and stuff just love like kind of the whole experience of like waiting in the line and getting it in your hands and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of strutting out with, you know. <laughs> See, I don't want to tell my stories because I just date myself with how old I truly am. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I remember waiting for the Xbox and the night I got it and I played that Halo and it was, <laughs> it was a game changing thing. I nearly missed my college finals. Like, yeah. <laughs> People need to know their, their background, their roots, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was me with the GameCube. When the GameCube yeah. was live, oh my the stories I could tell. So good. I, I just don't want it to be like the Wii where you go three months and you still can't find one. Right. 
Yeah, yeah that would be another you know, issue. I mean, it's like I said, this is all crazy this year because just the amount of human, you know, human resources needed to get this all boxed and out in yeah. every to where everywhere it needs to be and into stores and sold to people. That whole supply chain is so questionable on so many different factors right now. So it's going to be a wild ride, y'all. We're going to leave you in suspense because we're going to take a break, pay some bills. But when we come back, we got to talk about the 2020 movie season and what just happened with that. Netflix is cursed, anime and wrestling. So stay tuned because we still got some great stuff to go. Right, so 2020 movie season. What this 2020 non-stop, movie season? This nonstop game of chicken that we just keep playing and just has sad endings, apparently. Um, yeah, so the latest is uh, Chris Nolan's Tenet. I mean, he's been doing this Gandalf act throughout this coronavirus, trying to look at that virus like, you shall not pass, and like say Tenet. <laughs> was going to be the thing that, you know, finally broke the wave. And I just, we've been in quarantine and on this quarantine arc of the show for so long that, like, I just remember us, like, even fantasizing, like, will Tenet be the one? Like, we were talking about right now, and, like, will Tenet be the thing? Will we be out of this? Can it turn back the tide? Will we be back in theater? Nah, we're we're still at home, and it's not, it's it's not going great. But uh, anyway, back to the less serious stuff. So Tenet has been delayed again. And it was kind of coming out and trying to hold down August, but that isn't happening. Any, or, yeah, it was trying to hold down, what was it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, I forgot. What, it was so many moves. What, August 26th overseas and Labor Day weekend in the U.S.? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's the new date. Mm-hmm. That's the point okay. I was building to. I was trying to remember which date it was sitting at before. July 24th? Yeah, I think it was July 24th yeah. or 28th okay. or something like that. Um, yeah. Yes. But see, these moves are just happening because it's been moving like it's a week. Just, it, it, it's just been so shifting. confusing. Like, and I'm just getting it's, nuts, confused yeah, it's really hard to keep track, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Oh, internationally on the 26th. It yeah, was. It, was, mm-hmm. it was on the 17th. August 26th. Back to the 31st. And then it was into August. Now it's kind of like going to August 26th is what it's trying to hold down or Labor Day. And those are just speculated dates. It has not been given an official new date. <sighs> Mm-mm. That's what's happening. This time it got moved off of August and no official new date has been given. Speculation now says it could be late August or Labor Day okay. is what they're hoping for. But I'm not betting on that at all. Like at all. So Unfortunately, I'm not either. It nope. now becomes a question of when tenants should come out. Um, I don't know, man. I know Nolan wants to hold it down, but, like, it's a huge movie. Like, I don't know if you shouldn't just jump to 2021 and just, you know, stake out your bets there because this is getting crazy. And the whole question is, I mean, should people still be staking bets on the 2020 movie season, like, at all? I'm not talking summer. I'm talking at all. No. (laughs) I mean, I'm not. I gave up hope, like, at the beginning of this month. Yeah, I mean, it's just (sighs) – it's hard to be, I mean, hopeful now. The other side of this is, it's not, and let's not be a myopic. Should we, meaning us in this same country border, be factor like figuring in on the 2020 movie season at all? 
versus anybody anywhere else where I think now there is this growing talk of kind of like a lottery reward system. Like, Hey, you get your ish together in your country and you get rid of this virus and you should get a movie opening and you should get a movie opening. And it rolls out internationally where possible. I mean, that's kind of the conversation that's been spiking up. And I think that's fair to a certain extent. Like you too. Like yeah. Europe is getting their numbers under control. They're kind of getting their curve under control. Like if they get it under enough control or Asia does or New Zealand does or whoever, I mean, why can't you move, open those movies there? I mean, the, then the risk, of course, the worry is for studios is this is a global place with the internet we all have. And so like once it opens in New Zealand and we in the U.S. are still like, we don't know when we're going to go see Tenet. You know, tenant spoilers are going to be all over the internet in a second. So, yeah. Oh, it'll be more than spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole (laughs) movie's going to be on the internet. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just such (laughs) like like, I've been checking my torrents already. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just such a lose lose situation for for fans and for the creators. I mean, poor (laughs) Christopher Nolan must be just like laying down in a dark room somewhere with just like oolong tea just like breathing deeply <laughs> like it's 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 just a really difficult situation yeah and it also just shows you how crazy i don't know what the word is it for, like is here but it is funny that like just to show how the rest of the world like matters to the film industry compared to like the american market because like you said they're all like looking at it is okay we could open in new zealand but then our movies all over the internet and we lose how much money in america no like we're not doing that like because mm-hmm. we're such a huge part of this but i mean there are markets to consider the asian market if it's is huge that's one worth considering and the european market and if you could get at least the european asian market and some of those smaller territories that have actually handled this in different places like I mean, then you're starting to talk about that greater than, less than number, like, because international, we know that international worldwide earnings, you know, dwarf American earnings in almost every case that's not like the Fast and Furious or some (laughs) weird movies that have high domestic, crazy high domestic returns. But um, yeah, I mean, if enough of the world gets its stuff together, like, we might be the ones losing out. I mean, we'll be happy with Torrance at home again, like this is the 2000s or some barbaric nonsense because we're all stuck in quarantine still and we'll be pirated some weird like jangly dark tinted version of tenant (laughs) that we're all watching yeah and like it's it's not gonna be just tenant like it's x many days until wonder woman black widow and all these others i mean i i am optimistic that maybe it doesn't have to but i feel like just timeline wise i don't see a way we avoid it unfortunately yeah. which it sucks <laughs> it does. i mean it's a tight turnaround like it's like we have to start today to just yeah. to get october in mm-hmm. in order for october I yeah or november green lantern i'm so hurting for movies wow that is one of the saddest things i've heard this i wasn't week. gonna admit that on the show for you it really I, wasn't I leave that, that to you bad, speak your truth though it wasn't too terrible, but yes, I was like, I need superhero movies, and I've watched Endgame twenty five times. <laughs> oh man, you're. Then why was your next pick Green Lantern? I don't know. It was just there. It was available. I said, all right, let's do this. <laughs> just auto played. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing Animal Crossing while watching though. So. Oh, okay. So at least you yeah. had something keeping you afloat. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. 
<laughs> oh, uh, gosh. All right. So it doesn't look good for the summer movie season. I mean, oh, no, there is no summer movie season. I don't know why I keep using that term. It's over, <laughs> y'all. So it doesn't look good for the 2020 <laughs> movie season. Uh, we'll keep you updated, though, because we'll be, I'm sure, writing a bunch of more release delays, 2021s, a whole new slideshow of everything that moved to 2021, which I've done like five times already, but you know how it goes. So getting into our deep dive today, let's do a quick review of uh, Netflix's Cursed. So Cursed is the Arthurian legend kind of prequel series on Netflix starring Katherine Langford. And it tells the story of the uh, mysterious lady of the lake, who is, which is where kind of King Arthur came up with, got Excalibur, and there's that whole part of the story. But we've never seen kind of the origin story of the lady of the lake, and uh, this tells it. So, and this comes from uh, Frank Miller, Frank Miller and Tom Wheeler, and. Oh, just because it was your name? Yeah, last name. <laughs> I'm so dumb that I actually stopped for a minute. I was like, wait, is he related to you or something? <laughs> I know, I get that. I get Joey Wheeler a lot. I'm like, yeah, he's probably my cousin. Like, really? Oh, my goodness. I know. Great. <laughs> You're Anyways. great. That's funny. Um, so Curse is the newest Netflix series, trying to scratch that Game of Thrones slash The Witcher itch. And um, yeah, I'll say the pilot in some of the, like, the first two episodes some of the production values when you're talking about like the Fae and their, and their home forest and some of the mystical stuff they're trying to show and that it looked very Netflix budgety to me. I was just kind of like, Ugh, and some of that, but um, once it got going and things got into more of the medieval aspect, when it got out of the mystical world and it gets into more episodic things about being out in the world, I'm on like, I'm like five apps in now. Uh, yeah. And how Catherine Langford's character knew me, knew me, I don't know how to say her name ever. I don't either. Yeah, once they get into more of the swords and sandal or the swords and kind of cloth type stuff, like I was kind of more into it. And basically, it's yeah. I also like that it, it goes beyond her character Numi uh, a little bit to kind of expand and show more characters that are kind of interesting parts of Arthurian legend. Whether it's Merlin who's in this. Uh, they have a version of Arthur that uh, I think we were warned about early on, but um, uh, Charlie Ridgely tried to tell us about, but uh, it's kind of interesting because it's a uh, non-white, he looks like biracial version of Arthur, which I'm sure people are going to love and have nothing to say about. But um, <laughs> yeah, they also have Daniel Sharman from The Walking Dead, who plays the weeping monk, who is this really cool bad guy character. And yeah, it's just a good cast of characters and character actors, a lot of them who have been with Netflix or done Netflix shows before this, and or HBO stuff like Polly Walker's back. That that freaked me out. She uh, Polly Walker from HBO's Rome, who played uh, Andromeda in of the Julii, like is in this. Oh. And like yeah, so that was really cool to see her pop back up, and she plays like an extra excellent role. And like there's a whole oh. thing with like nuns and stuff that come into it. Like and so it was actually. I like the world that they are building and I like the variety of characters and when it is, the scenes are able to move more in between different people besides just making everything about Catherine Langford and putting a whole show on her shoulders, mm -hmm. which she's totally capable and good in the show, not taking anything away from her, right. but it's just more interesting when we move around a little bit. And so as it's going on, I'm beginning to like her a lot more. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. I mean, I just started it today. I've gotten halfway into the second episode. And uh, it's funny because I actually had a different feeling with like the mystical world and the forest and everything. I thought they did a great job. I don't, maybe I'm just deprived or something. No, don't but let my, don't let my view soak into your head. I just, I felt They're- like it was really magical and I liked the artistic shots. I liked it, the blending from kind of like an animation. They'll do like a scene change with an animation. No, that is like, really cool. Yeah, they do so these like cool. medieval animations to change yeah. to, to, move to a different place in the world. And those are really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm i really excited to continue watching this um, because as I always say, more content, I'm just really thankful to have a new show to check out. And um, yeah, I hope that they, I, I haven't seen the rest of the show, but I hope that it gets gory. Like I like seeing the blood and oh, the guts and the some, fights. Yeah. No, there's some pretty gory stuff. Cool. Like, there's some pretty mm-hmm. scary stuff that actually happens. I mean, I'm it's excited. Frank Miller. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking it was too tame. And, nice. and it, like okay, there cool. is some pretty, pretty gnarly stuff that starts to happen, especially when Numi starts to begin to use more of her powers, um, mystical artifacts like the mystical swords, the sword of power starts yeah. to come into play. And those things do damage. And the weeping monk is pretty deadly. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's a lot yeah. of, there's, this is not for the kids whatsoever. No. It is yeah. good. It gets real Very bloody good. real quick. Yeah. I don't know if it totally scratches the Witcher itch, but right. for for the uh, the Authorian nature, Nimue is done really well. So I recommend. All right. Connor, do you have you watched Curse? You in you in on this? I haven't touched it. So. All right. That was interesting. <laughs> nice, easy ending. Keep it moving. I like it. So that's our cursed review. Now we're going to throw it to Meg, Megan for our uh, anime update before we jump to wrestling. To Connor, so uh, this is where the show gets real crazy because both of these genres, there are no rules. They basically uh-huh. are the same thing, though. They so really are. It makes it even better, which, in my opinion. There are striking similarities. Yeah, striking, I would say. That's um, great. So in terms of anime manga, we are officially into the summer season. July came around. If you have been waiting for ReZero uh, starting uh, Life in Another World season two, that has come out. Uh, Sword Art Online, Alicization has restarted for its final run through of the War of Underworld arc. Um, One Piece is coming out with new dubbed episodes. And beyond that, we have some major news, which literally came out this week. Um, About an hour before we all all sat down to record in our respective homes. It was announced that Netflix is going to be airing Legend of Korra. Uh, so that is really great considering Avatar hey, The yeah. Last Airbender uh, came to Netflix earlier this this year and it was, it's been on like the top 10 list like pretty much consistently. Oh yeah, it's um, I've rewatched it. It's amazing. Uh, so Legend of Korra will be coming in as its sequel, you know, takes place uh, many, many years after uh, the, the war against the Fire Nation happens. So you can look forward to that. It is coming in August. And apparently it's on CBS All Access right now. Uh, one of our coworkers pointed that out to me and I was like, man, I could have been watching it this whole time. Yeah, um, so CBS All Access solves a lot of problems. Check it out. Yes. Yeah, so you can watch that there. But in terms of anime and manga, we had the latest issues of uh, Boruto, Naruto Next Generations, Dragon Ball Super, One Piece, and, um, oh, what am I forgetting? Oh, My Hero Academia come out. And each one of them were literally mind-blowing. I read them all 
succinctly to get ready for a team meeting. And I'm like, my brain was stop like, and say, I feel like Japan is feeling some real internal stress right now. Like, yes. I, feel like Jeff, I feel like manga, like manga creators need like a real mental health check right about now. Because this was not yeah. a good week for heroes on like virtually like any front. Like no, oh. they all were getting destroyed. So just to kind of do a quick breakdown, I'll keep it as spoiler free as possible because you all need to hit up Biz Media, their digital vault for Weekly Shonen Jump. You can read these all now. It's so worth it. But basically, Dragon Ball Super, Goku has to be dead. Like I don't understand yeah. how he could not be dead. There's a villain going on right now. I can't understand like which, half of them are not dead. Yeah. Yeah, right now the villain that the Z Fighters are facing in a new arc. Uh, so this is still the Galactic Patrol Prisoner arc. Um, basically, he has become what I would say is the strongest villain of the franchise yet, other than like the gods of destruction themselves. Uh, he is oh. immensely powerful, definitely stronger than Vegeta and Goku, as we learned this chapter. Uh, so nothing short of like nothing short of divine intervention is going to save. Interesting choice of words, Megan. I know. I, I, I thought of that very well. Um, as in terms of Borto, uh, we're about to have another uh, Naruto Shippuden situation where if you remember, if you were a fan of when Pain came to the Hidden Leaf Village and basically obliterated the village, we're very, very near on having that situation uh, with the new Atsutsuki villain uh in the new chapter uh he's looking for a vessel orochimaru style and he's going to fight sasuke and naruto to get that vessel and sasuke straight up said we will die trying yeah. to defeat you and yep. it doesn't look like they're gonna defeat this guy so i'm real nervous that one of them's about to die <laughs> personally oh, yeah. for me it's not, it is not looking good it has me stressed i'm but, very yeah. stressed about sasuke right now i feel like he is he is on the chopping block um and speaking of talking blocks, One Piece just killed off a major villain in its current Wano arc in the uh, manga, which no one saw coming. And that was quickly followed up by My Hero Academia, where we are still in a war arc. Uh, basically, Shigaraki has become maybe the most powerful villain to just ever exist in that universe. Uh, and his uh, little henchman, his name is Gigantomachia, and he is just taking down pro heroes left and right. I mean, dozens, if not hundreds of pro heroes have died in this arc so far. Yeah, and I mean, now it comes down. seriously injured, a lot of them. Like, I yeah, had to read like, this issue twice to make sure, like, uh, Kamui Woods was still alive, like, after yeah. one point. And, like, yeah. yeah I don't midnight. know that uh, Night or Midnight is going to be okay. Mount Lady's not doing so well. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually Mount like, ladies. I got to give my, my Hero Academia, I was worried about this arc, but I got to give it props. Like the way they're kind of doing these different kind of scenes in this very big ongoing battle has been pretty cool. Uh, and and yeah. Shigaraki is just terrifying. Like, oh yeah. Every panel he's on, it's like, oh my God. He, like everyone needs to run. Like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, like in people's faces, like, yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's horrifying. You can really see the blend that creator Kohei Horikoshi like takes from both um, Spawn and Hellboy in those panels because he's said time and again that Shigaraki, he really leans into those art styles, um, you know, coined by the creators of those, I mean, Todd McFarlane, all of them. So, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. If you are not caught up, if you are 
like me and many others dying for more content, superhero content yeah. especially, and you have not checked out My Hero Academia, either the anime or the manga or both, this is absolutely the time to get into it. Yeah, because I'm gonna it will further. not it will not leave you hanging. So Tenet Yo. might be delayed. My Hero Academia is forever. No, man, so I got to go a step further. from the beginning? Like, yeah. 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 You can yeah. start. Dude, Viz Media is one of the most How long is that going to take you? Honestly, it's not, that not good. As, it doesn't take, take as long as you think. Manga okay. chapters are only like 15 to 17 pages, except for the monthly ones. Yeah. And even then, that's a pretty, and the monthly ones don't, they don't advance as fast. So, like, yeah. it has like okay. 38. And so, like, even my Hero Academia is on, it's, it's like, a, it's like reading almost like a comic strip, just, just a little bit mm-hmm. longer. Ooh, um, yeah. So, like, yeah, my Hero Academia is, weekly now it's kind of bi-weekly right now but it's weekly and like so you can read 50 chapters before you even know it in the span of like half an hour to 45 minutes it's not yeah it goes really quickly i've i've had several friends who've completed currently there's about 280 chapters and recently one of my friends did that in three days because it's all linear there's no you know, there's not like traditional, you know, Western comics where there's pickup volume 16 from this yes, run and this run and this run. And this oh run. There's it's not so that situation yeah. with this comic. It's just a completely linear. No, you set. get sucked into one story, beginning yeah. to end. They plot it beginning to end, and it's just one contained yeah. story that's very good to read. And it's and Shonen Jump and Viz Media have done a really good job of setting up so seamless. So you end one chapter and you're immediately like read next, and then it's there, boom, pop up, and you just keep yeah. going, rolling. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I just I did uh, finish Demon Slayer, all of them, My Hero, um, all of Promise Neverland, like, yeah, Boruto, Dragon Ball, I had that on wrap. Yeah, and then I got other things I'm starting, now I'm going into, and now I'm not even going, and then their strategy worked. I don't even care about anime anymore. Like, I'm not starting uh, Black Clover anime. I, I'm, I'm going back to the manga, and I'm just going to just fly through that. I'm telling you, manga is the content you need right now. Like, seriously. It is. It's just so mindless, but also so rewarding. And if that's yeah, what you really need is. in your life, like if you want something that's more thoughtful, hit me up for recommendations. I'll give them to you. Okay. But like for Shonen, just go to Shonen Jump Digital Vault yeah. Viz Media. A yearly for a year, it's twenty four dollars, I believe, around there, and you can read as much manga as you want. And there and are thousands, thousands upon thousands yeah. of chapters available. And you, <laughs> it's amazing. It's the most, it is the most cost benefit, like best ratio you can have because for that twenty four dollars for an entire year. You get so much, and all of it's awesome. Like, yeah. Like even I mean, and if you just like this genre, I mean, they even organize it. Shonen manga is just all your superhero kind of stuff. If you like all that sci-fi superhero stuff, there you go. There's thousands of famous series and you know books that you can read, and it's and it's awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna keep touting that because yeah. Now I'm gonna do Black Clover, Doctor Stone. I'm gonna do all that other stuff too. I'm get it. Everything. Nice. I prove so it. yeah. Uh, now from that crazy little world to this crazy little world of wrestling connor what's yeah. going on w we're on here talking about wwe extreme rules yeah. what happened over the weekend a man lost an eye kind of so basically <laughs> if you haven't been following wrestling lately it's been kind of a struggle to get people excited when there aren't fans that are allowed to be in attendance they've put like wrestling trainees in the crowds to just make crowd noise, but they're in these tiny little gyms. It just doesn't have the same feel as it would if they were in a basketball arena with 15,000 screaming fans. It's just, it's just not the same, and it can't be. As a result, 
ratings have hit all-time lows for some of the biggest shows. Uh, SmackDown on Fox is hitting real low. Raw broke the record for lowest viewership. Uh, by the time this episode is out, we'll know how this week's did, but I'm not betting it's going to be good. So what I'm thinking is they took a look at this show over the weekend and said, let's just throw the craziest ideas at the wall and see what sticks. So we got an eye for an eye match where Seth Rollins took little Rey Mysterio, drove his head into the corner of a steel ring post, and then pretended that his eye had popped out. And the way it was presented was he immediately covers his eye, but you can kind of see him holding what looks like a Pokeball. And that was supposed to be his dislodged eyeball. Uh, Seth immediately runs over to the other side of the ring and vomits, which everyone got a laugh out of. And Ray is just standing there going, oh, my eye. And the whole time I'm just sitting there going, what the hell am I looking at? Now, and like within minutes, they they come back and be like, uh, he suffered from some from some rare eye situation where uh, we can save the eye because somehow the I think it was either the cornea or the retina is still intact. And I'm just like, guys, what? Why? Why are we doing this? And then it comes out the next day that okay, so the reason that they're like, he could save the eye was because this guy hasn't signed a new contract yet. So this gives them an out in case he does come back and they don't want him wearing an eye patch for the rest of his life. So (laughs) if you were hoping for ridiculous CGI or for someone to get maimed, sorry to say that didn't happen. Instead, we just got something ridiculous. (laughs) We're not done. Oh no. no. We had a... uh, we had a women's championship match where it looked like it was about to just get thrown out three different times before uh, a gal ran in, ripped the uh, referee shirt off of the referee who had green mist sprayed in his eyes. So he was down for the count. She took off the shirt, put it on herself, and then counted a pinfall for her best friend. And then they ran away acting like that was the end of the match. And I, I put in the, uh, in the Slack channel, what was this WCW 2000 crap? And it, it got some, for people that were watching back then, they know exactly what I'm talking about with a finish like that. Um, you, and then we get to Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt Swamp fight. This is we the one had, I really wanted to hear about. Yeah, so they basically just stole a bunch of pages out of Friday the 13th and said, hey, that, that, that call it a day. You had Braun getting attacked by another version of himself. You had Alexa Bliss popping up as the ghost of Sister Abigail, maybe. We're not really sure, and we're never going to get an answer on that. You had Braun getting uh, chained to a chair. Keep in mind, this is a guy that used to flip ambulances. Now a, a little chain can hold him. So just keep that in mind where Bray then proceeds to give a five-minute lecture on why the Earth is terrible and why Braun should join him, and together they can rule the galaxy. Braun doesn't take it, but then he gets bit by a snake and transports to another area where suddenly things are on fire. Um, He then proceeds to beat up a few stuntmen, one of whom just sets himself on fire, uh, to the point where, like, so he was obviously wearing the suit where it was okay, but the back of his head looked like it was on fire too, and I was just like, 
Uh, is that guy okay? But we never see him again, so it doesn't matter. And then we get to the actual swamp itself, where eventually Bray gets kicked into the water and you don't see him again. And Braun like leans down and looks into it. If you've ever seen a horror movie in your life, you know that's a really bad idea. But he says, it's over. And then the little, uh, the little like uh, trademark logo pops up to indicate that the show has ended. And the screen goes black. But then it pops up and he, he's just looking back at the water and he gets grabbed. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Jason move. He pulls him into the water. The water starts glowing red and out pops spooky clown demon the fiend to end the show. And then WWE's Fox Twitter account then says, and the winner of the match is Bray Wyatt. And we're all like, how? 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 Now, if that all that sound, and now if the last five minutes just sounded like the ravings of a of a lunatic, because it was. I, I, right. I felt like it sounded like I should have just had you and Megan just say things without any context or names, and then just challenge people to say, "Was that wrestling <laughs> or was that anime?" I feel like my brain just broke a little bit. Like yeah. honestly, How do you think I, I felt feel watching it. Well, that like it's just like ripped in half it could go one of two ways was it either like really so crazy that it was awesome or was it just a cluster and kind of failed so that match was very much a cluster okay now i have been on this show before and i praised bray's previous cinematic match i love bray yeah but that time he had john cena and that time he had a canvas of john cena's 15 plus year career to work off of, to parody, to basically give a professional critique of. Braun Strowman's only been around for a couple years. There's not a lot to him. One of the only things we did know about him was that he had a crush on Alexa Bliss, so that's why they brought her in for this. But there wasn't really else much to work with, and yet they kept trying to tell the story that he's going through some psychological you know, battle with his previous demons to try and make sense of it all. The only part of the match I did enjoy, and I, I gotta give him credit for this, was they are playing up the fact that Bray has multiple personalities. And the one you've seen that is Fred Rogers, that's one. The Fiend is another. The evil, spooky, uh, Wyatt family cult leader, that's number three. And he, in that monologue he gave he basically explained that hey i haven't been in control for this whole time and i'm not happy about it and i like that little piece because at the end there's this brief little flash where instead of Braun being the one desperately trying to you know breach the surface of the water and escape it's bray doing it and it was their way of saying hey bray's losing control again and then out pops the fiend to go okay enough with the split personality i'm running the show again that little part I liked. Everything else just didn't work for me. Okay. That's a so bummer. yeah. So that's what's I been going on. I want to see that in an anime. Like I just really want to see like that become an anime. This is a really good plot. professional wrestling <laughs> anime. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, there's stuff like there is stuff Japan has made where you know Jushin Thunder Liger was based off of a, an anime character. Got, you know, certain Japanese wrestlers have made their ways into animes. Megan, you might have even run into some, but oh, like, yeah. if, if a guy named Kazuchika Okada or Hiroshi Tanahashi mm-hmm. show up, yeah, that, that's that. But, or Tiger Mask, he, I know he's a big one. Um, but, like, 
to take, they could so easily take American wrestling and turn that into an anime. That's what I'm saying. That's what I want to say. I think that would be Toonami's biggest hit by far. Because I grew up in the era (laughs) where WWE did have like a cartoon show about like the WWE stars, and I think they did like real crime stopping or something. I forget what it was about. It was was that the Hulk Hogan show? I forget what it was. It was an animated one. I was so young. I got to look it up. But I just okay. remember because I remember them like there were scenes of them in the locker room and it was just like I remember everybody like Rowdy, Rowdy Piper, Macho Man. And anyway, I got to look. Okay, this was that was definitely a Hulk and Hogan's rock and wrestling. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. See, we need some more of that. That's when WWF back then was real larger than life. We need, we need more of that. All right. So <laughs> way off the path. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Matt's not here, and we're not going to steal his comics thunder. He'll be so happy when he gets back that he gets to run all that down for you. So we'll let him do that. If you're just now getting into the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. We can subscribe to our RSS feed and get you know updates on new episodes. Ah, updates on new episodes, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, yeah, just look around. We're there. If you want to see our faces, you can check out the comicbook.com YouTube page or watch new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Facebook when we air them live. And you can chat with us and uh, send us things. I'm usually there to respond to you. If you want to talk to us about anything on the show, suggest topics, or just join the community, we hang out at the hashtag comicbooknation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. You can find me on Twitter at MeganPetersCB. And at Connor Casey underscore CB. And if you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review under Comic Book Nation's reviews, because one fine day when we can all go back into buildings again, we're going to be back in the studio where we have this just waiting room of T-shirts that we plan to be giving away this whole time. But uh, yeah, they've been sitting there with all our other inventory. But we need to get a bunch of them out of there and out to our fans. So leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And when we get back in the studio, we're just going to have just strings and strings of reading those reviews on air so people get free T-shirts. So you want to kind of uh, invest in that future and the hope that we're trying to bring in uh, this episode of the show, go ahead and do that. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in for Comic Book Nation. We hope you guys are staying checked in, staying healthy, mentally, physically, everything else in between. And we hope we can be here for you again if you just want to check out and uh, hang out and geek out with us. So we'll see you next time. Peace. Deuces. Later.